Broncos country. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. Touchdown Denver. All right, everybody, welcome into another episode of Touchdown Denver, hosted by myself, George Stoya, the Denver Gazette, and my good friend, Nick Ferguson. And Nick, boy, oh boy, do we have a lot to talk about. The Broncos won. How about that? Well, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited about it, but I don't know about you, George. I don't know if you are really taking this in, especially uh, after last week game when the Broncos were able to mount a comeback, but they didn't win. But I, I'm just not sensing... Uh, uh, this whole idea that that you are really happy about this situation. So please, George, enlighten me and the listeners. What's going on well, in your head? Well, Nick, as a as a respected journalist, uh, I'm supposed to be unbiased, and I am. I'm unbiased. I honestly uh, don't care if they win or lose, but I am happy for individuals because I think there are several. And I wanted to talk about this because I think there are several several individuals that deserve some credit today. Uh, one, I think the team does because uh, Nick, you and I have talked about it. They could have given up a long time ago, right? Things have not gone their way this season. I think it's something crazy. Like 25 different guys have been on the injured reserve this year. Obviously Nathaniel Hackett has struggled as a first year head coach. Russell Wilson hasn't played up to expectations. The list goes on and on. Right. And these guys have fought in every single game. Uh, you look back at last week, obviously we talked a lot about that. And then to coming in today and I look, I get it. They played. Uh, a Cardinals team that is not very good. But I saw two different types of football teams in that second half, Nick. I saw one football team that has given up on their season, and I've seen another football team that really wanted to win one. And, they, I, you know, who knows if they win the last three, but I thought the guys played hard, especially their veteran guys. I think it stands out that guys like Justin Simmons, right, who's been here a long time, comes up with two big plays in the game. A guy like Latavius Murray, Nick, who wasn't even on this team to start the year, right? Uh, but he's a veteran guy. He's been in this league. He talked about after the game, you've always got a lot to play for, right? And that he didn't even know if he was going to get to play this year back in September. So hat off to him. And then I think Nathaniel Hackett deserves some credit because a lot of people wanted him fired weeks ago, Nick. Uh, and he has kept this group together. And look, I don't want to be all sunshine and flowers and like, yay, they won a game because, again, they played a bad team. You know, they should have won, especially when Colt McCoy went out of the game. But uh, I think it's a credit to this coaching staff to keep, that they got to, you know, that they kept this locker room together and they were able to win today. Well, I'm getting a little sweet and sour from you, George, and you, you, you don't want to be too sunshine and rainbows. But at the same time, you, you talked about, you know, one of the teams wanted it a lot more. and You could tell in the second half. And you were talking about the Denver Broncos. So are you telling me now, because there was a lot of talk about Coach Hackett and you mentioned it about him being fired, the leadership, what was going on with Russ. But it, it seems as though maybe there's a little something to his leadership because, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury, he's been coaching as a head coach longer than they think you Hackett. And did his team just kind of turn it down? and allow the Broncos to come back on both offense and defensive side of the ball and steal this game? Is, is that what you're telling me? Am I getting that vibe from you right now, George? Yeah, you are. Um, and I, I think Hackett, look, we've said it, Nick. Like, we, the players like Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, they, they, I mean, 
they they talk about how he you know communicates with the team how he's taken a lot of guys under his wing he's built relationships with these guys the team meetings are are really energetic even though they're not playing well right he's kept it up beat he's kept the attitude high uh and i think that guys want to play for that play for him like i don't know if he's going to be back next season and part of me nick and maybe it's just cuz i'm i'm you know right in the high of them finally winning the game but part of me starts thinking Maybe they do bring Nathaniel Hackett back next year because there's been a lot going on with this team this year, and somehow they've stayed together mentally, at least it seems like. Like people aren't they're not really turning on each other. I know that there's been that uh you know, the talk outside of this market and somewhat inside this market about losing the locker room and all that stuff. But for the most part, I think these guys like the coaching staff. They're playing, you know, look, they're they're in a lot all these games, and I know that means nothing, right? You you gotta win to be successful. But I don't know, Nick. Maybe I'm coming around to the idea that Nathaniel Hackett could be back next season. I, again, I don't know. They probably need to win like two of these last three games to even make that a possibility. Uh, but I don't know, man. I think it showed something today that that they were able to, you know, come back down nine three. They were playing honestly not good football in the first half offensively, and they come out. They played great in the second half. They scored 21 unanswered. Uh, and again, the last couple of weeks now, Nick, the offense actually looks not bad. Like they're they're moving the football and they're doing it with guys. Like, I mean, what they're doing on the offensive line is just ridiculous at this point. I mean, they were, I mean, they were a couple guys going down today from me getting in the game. So uh, <laughs> you know, like I just it's it's a, it's astonishing what they're doing. They're throwing the ball to guys like Brandon Johnson and Jalen Virgil. And like, again, that's no you know, slight to them, but like, it's supposed to be Cortland Sutton, KJ Hamler and, and some other, you know, like it's not, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Brett Rippon actually looked really good today. 32 year old running back Latavius Murray has all of a sudden become, you know, uh Derek Henry out there in the second half. Like it's just, it's, I don't know, man, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe next week they'll put together a, a stinker or something, but uh, I, I thought it, I was impressed today. I was impressed. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, I like the second half Broncos. I wish they could do it at the beginning of the game and do it for 60 minutes. But uh, I like the second half George Story because that first half, George Story was stinking up the joint just like the Broncos were. But it's just seems as though you are now coming around. You're starting to embrace the idea of, hey, the Broncos actually look good when the odds were stacked against them. I mean, you look at the offensive line in that first half, it was not great for Brett Ripon. He could not find a moment to throw the ball down the field. And then we had Dalton Reisner go out. Then Quinn Miners, he got poked in the eye and had to go uh, see some outside doctors. I hope that uh, he would be well. But then we were stuck with Tom Compton and Luke Wadenberg. And I don't know about you. And I don't know if you want to play behind that offensive line because I know I definitely don't because those guys struggle. J.J. Watt. I mean, you, you talk about Latavius Murray looking like uh, – he was Latavius Murray of old, but what about J.J. Watt? That offensive line made J.J. Watt look like, once again, he was an all-pro, not to take anything away from him, but I know how this game goes, but that tells you and goes to show that this offensive line is problematic, but I don't want to dwell on that too much because the Broncos are celebrating a victory. Yeah, and, and you know, Hackett talked about it post-game uh, that the halftime adjustments were key. I mean, obviously, they were down 9-3. to three. They weren't really moving the ball, Nick. I even tweeted it out. It looked like we were about to have the same like Broncos Colts type of game, right? Where it's just field goals and then it goes to overtime. 
but they came out and they, they played great in the second half. Obviously, Colt McCoy left there. I think it was early in the third quarter. That kind of changed momentum a little bit in the sense that the Cardinals couldn't move the ball, but they weren't moving the ball with Colt in there either. But here's Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, we have the audio of him talking about those halftime adjustments and really kind of what changed the momentum there. Uh, and so here's the audio from Broncos.com. We're down nine to three. Great job sticking together again, guys. That's what it's all about. It was a team win. That was our AF offense. We challenged you at half. Totally different team going out there in the second half. No, the key is we got to do that right out the gate. Let's string that thing together. Let's not wait for a second half. Defense, great group effort, man. That was a team win. Broncos on three. One, two, three. Broncos. I play for that guy, Nick. I play oh, for that oh, guy. Oh, now, now you play for that guy. Look, look, look here, here's the thing with, with, with Hackett, and we can get into it in a, in a different episode because I, I do want to break down some of this game. But, you know, there's still game management issues there, right? Yeah. Uh, there's still a lot of growing to be had. I think the play calling can be better at times. I think it's I, it's, I think Click Kubiak is, is part of the reason why this is starting to maybe work. But one thing I really like about Hackett, and again, I'm not in the team meetings. Obviously, I'm not in the locker room. It was great to see that clip. But you can tell guys feed off his energy. And that's something that I'm not so sure we can say about previous coaching uh, staffs, right? Like, they're, like I think Vic Fangio is obviously a, a great football mind. But there wasn't, like, players, like, uh, you know, loving to play for this guy. You, you watch that video, Nick. And the listener, for the listeners at home, go watch the video from, from the Broncos Twitter account or Instagram, whatever. You can see Draymond Jones. You can see other guys in the background nodding their head like, yes. You know, you can feel them kind of feeding off of Hackett's energy. And that's why, like, I wish you could, like, maybe mix Nathaniel Hackett's, um, I guess, energy, charisma, whatever it is, with maybe, um, you know, I don't even know who who the other one would, would be, but a really experienced head coach, right, that's all about the X's and O's. And that's not to take away from Nathaniel Hackett's X, X's and O's, but I think that that's what you like about Hackett, right? That's why he was hired, his charisma, his energy those sorts of things. And I think guys like playing for that. Like I, I think every guy in that locker room would tell you that they, 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 they enjoy playing for a guy like Nathaniel Hackett. And uh, I, I don't know, man, like I, I, again, I think that second half speaks to it. And I think really Nick, not only the second half of that game, but the last few games, I think speak to that because they've been in these games. They haven't given up. Uh, and a team that didn't believe in their head coach might've given up a while ago. At least that's maybe my opinion. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Once again, despite everything that we've seen thus far from this team, they found a way to stay together. And and for me, you you know, you and I know that there have been several people here in the local media that have floated out narratives and finding trying to find ways to divide that team, but they do a great job of blocking out the noise. I mean, when you go in that locker room and you talk to each guy, no one's kind of saying anything behind someone's back, or let me pull you over in the corner and, and whisper you know, this, these types of negative things about the coaching staff or other players, they're sticking together. Now, someone can say, well, maybe that's a united front, all right? And that will be left to be determined. But I'll say this, George, I don't think it's a united front. I think these guys truly believe in one another, despite what the season has been like. They truly believe in Russell. We heard it last week, Brett Rippon talking about Russell when he got knocked out of the Chiefs game. And then once again, I mean, Brett was talking about, hey, uh, uh, about Coach Hackett and going through the fake play and Hackett telling him, hey, you got to carry that fake out. You have to turn your back. And Brett talking about how he practiced that. 
all of those things are embodiment of great leadership. And, and the thing for us being part of the media and for the fans, they're just not seeing the production on, on the field. So maybe you're right. And we've talked about this before. The whole idea of Hackett being fired uh, after the season, that may be an afterthought. That may be something that may not happen. They may run it back with Hackett, just trying to revamp the offensive line, but more importantly, allowing Clint Kubiak to finally run the season from run, run things, better yet said, from the beginning of the season to the end of the season as offensive coordinator. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, Nick. I mean, again, it's a conversation we're probably going to have the next three weeks, right? Um, it, it, as we get closer to the end of the season here, like what what are what are the moves they're going to make? Uh, and, and again, I think Hackett has, you know, a case. Like if he if they sit him down and say, make your case for having another year, obviously the injuries and all that that's gone into it, all the outside noise that that's been going on this season, all the close games, right? A couple plays here, a couple plays there and they have more wins, I just don't know if he can overcome, um, you know, some of the other mistakes that have just happened this season from a game management issue. Him having to give up play calling is obviously not great. Uh, things like that that, you know, I, I think will determine it in the end. But, Nick, I wanted to ask you before we we, we get out of here for a quick break, uh, what, what halftime adjustments did you see? It seemed like an emphasis on running the ball, uh, you know, be, became a thing in the second half. And obviously Latavius Murray had a big game, Marlon Mack. Uh, and it felt like they also were starting to give Brett maybe some easier throws, some things that easy completions uh, and, and some some really honestly good play designs that, that set up the offense in the second half. Yeah, you know, I took the pleasure of writing a couple of things down. Uh, one, the role of the tight end. I mean, in this offense, you know, they've had, you know, three tight ends and only Salbert. And, and uh, Eric Thomason have been healthy the entire season, but due to the lack of wide receivers, they started to, you know, rely on their tight ends more. Uh, Eric Thomason scored his first touchdown, which could be his first NFL touchdown. I definitely have to go back and, and That's check. Correct. Okay. So he scores his first NFL touchdown. Congratulations to him. But we're seeing the tight ends used in a variety of different ways, pass game, run game, being off the ball, inserting in the line, being an extra blocker uh, for the running backs, getting out on the edge and, and blocking more. Also, you know, the quick throws. You mentioned the quick throws with uh, Brett Rippon. They understood that, hey, our offensive line can't really hold up. We have issues with Quinn Miners. Dalton Reisner was in and, in and out of the lineup. So those quick throws took the pressure off of the, the offensive line. And more importantly, and I think Coach Hackett talked about this, Right, and, and, I, and I wrote this down. Wide receivers are blocking. Wide receivers are an intricate part to the run game. And this is something that we really haven't seen this this season. I don't know why it hasn't been an emphasis on it, because in the world of coaching and playing, either you are coaching it or you're allowing it to happen. But today we saw the wide receivers trying to get in, dig out. And maybe it's because some of these young, inexperienced wide receivers are just trying to make a name for themselves and really show, hey, they're willing to be uh, blockers in hopes of being retained for next season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I thought, you know, again, they made some really nice second-half adjustments. Uh, we're going to dive into more of that, Nick. I, I thought it was actually their best second-half, or not second-half, entire half of football they've played all season, maybe. Uh, but I, I want to get into that and why that is, Nick, uh, after we take a quick break. 